Good morning. This is John Murtha with Power 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. I'm here at the station today with Idiella. Good to have you as our station uh, technician and manager this morning. Good morning. Good morning. And my name is John Murtha, and actually later we're expecting a special guest. A uh, very interesting man's going to share his testimony about years in coaching and how he came to Christ. But we want to welcome all of our listeners this uh, Labor Day weekend. We're going to look a little about uh, labor and being co-laborers with Christ, as it says in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 3.9, uh, for we are God's fellow workers. You know, that's a, that's a very interesting title, that we can be called fellow workers or co-laborers uh, with God. He says, you are God's field, you are God's building. And so we're going to look at a little about this and uh, how God works in each of our lives today and also the work and the responsibility he's called each one of us to do. Now, if you'd like to uh, call in this morning, or better yet, if you're going to be live streaming, this is WNZN.org. That's WNZN.org. And just uh, you can live stream us there and uh, we'd be happy to just... Uh, uh, talk if you have any questions you would like to call in. So I want to get right into it. And the, the whole thing about God and, and, and laboring and, you know, again, this being Labor Day weekend, and we look at the entire universe and we're struck by the fact of, of creation itself, that God actually manifests as himself uh, through what he's created. As a matter of fact, it'll say in Romans uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 20, uh, that uh uh, the invisible God is made known by his visible works. And nobody is without excuse because we should know about God just by looking around it as he worked. And Psalm 19 will say, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. So one of the ways that God has revealed himself to us is basically through his handiwork, uh, through the universe, through creation. Uh, many times in apologetics we would call this design argument. Uh, to say one of the proofs of God, or certainly the indicators of God, is when you look around and how could this happen? How could this just come to be? And in Psalm 19, we'll see where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows handiwork. There's that idea of work one more time. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. And there's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So here we see all around the world, every day, night and day, God is broadcasting, if you will, a object lesson to us. And it's in the universe itself. It's in the starry heavens. It's in the plant and animal life. And it's certainly in us human beings that God has created originally in his image. And so we look at that. And, uh, you know, I always get, I find it interesting when you look at the works of God, uh, he creates the world by a word. He simply speaks the word, and it comes into existence. And the word will be the agency uh, that God uses to reveal himself. If God does not reveal himself to us, we know nothing about him. Uh, we're, we're, we're like the little ants in the parking lot that they don't know what we're doing in this radio room this morning. They just don't have that capacity. Unless there was some way I could go outside and communicate with them, and they might know a little about what's going on in here. So, too, God is so uh, omni, omnipotent and, and so uh, majestic in his power and glory and he's eternal and we're finite and he's infinite that he he reveals himself to us and he uses the agency of a word as my friend and a good bible scholar used to say if he was thinking a thought if i'm thinking a thought right now none of my listener audience would know what that thought is it's hidden it's it's known only to me but if i say baseball that which was once hidden just in my mind alone is known by my entire audience and so too when god 
speaks, he reveals something about himself. And if you take the word universe and, and divide it in half, you have uni and you have verse. That's singular statement. Every day is a singular statement about the creative God. And so the Psalm 19 will then go down and it will talk about uh, the word of God. You see, the creation is one thing to know about God, but that will not lead us to salvation. That will indicate and, and take us to, to think about the creator. But to understand God's plan for redemption, we have to go to his word. And that's why it says in verse 7 of Psalm 19, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So we see all these attributes or benefits uh, that the law has or the word of God has. The first one being the law of the Lord is perfect. Now that's very important because creation in its present state now is not in perfection. Uh, we see that. The things are broken. Systems are broken. Uh, we get old. We die. There's tsunamis. There's storms. There's hurricanes. There's this, everything that happened in Houston with uh, Hurricane Harvey. Um, there's great suffering. It wasn't like that at the beginning. When God finished his creation on the sixth day, he was saying each day was good, but on the sixth day, he will say it's very good, and then he will rest. But uh, we're still, nevertheless, not perfect, but the universe is a beautiful, and his creation is beautiful, but not perfect. But the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. That's very important because the word, as the word goes forth, it has the capacity uh, to, to, to grab hold of the heart of a human being. And as that, that word germinates, it's alive, it's living, uh, it can actually lead somebody uh, to that point where there would be a conversion experience and they, they experience the new birth in Jesus Christ. So the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Uh, another important point, you know, we have many, many intelligent people in the world today, but we have many people that aren't wise. They really don't know uh, what's going on in terms of life. And, and these are people with advanced degrees oftentimes, but they'll say there's no God, the, 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 everything just happened because there was an explosion. Man is not unique compared to all the other creation. They'll say there's no such thing as a, a spiritual realm inhabited by angels and demons. They don't believe in an afterlife. They don't believe in an eternal God. All of these things from very highly educated people, they have a high degree of knowledge, but a low level of wisdom. See, knowledge will teach man how to get to the moon, but the Word of God will teach man how to get to heaven. And there's a big difference. So simply knowledge and intellect alone will not be enough. And then it says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Uh, the commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. Now, this is important, is that God says that his word gives us warnings. It, number one, he gives us warning in the same verse 11. He'll say he reward. There's great reward in keeping God's word. So here we see this, this so to speak, positive and negative uh, motivation systems, maybe like the carrot and the stick. But the idea being here, he warns us. Uh, walk circumspectly. Uh, it's a little like the book that says, uh, was very popular a couple of years ago. It says, uh, eat this, not that. Eat this, not that. Well, in a sense, God's word showing us how to walk in this world, how to walk circumspectly. And the Bible, of course, will say the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. But here we see, by them your servant is warned. And you think about it, the whole thing with the traffic when you go out and drive I was just I just drove back to, down to Florida and back 
all those traffic signs, all those warnings to go slow, slippery when wet, um, road out, bridge, caution, red light, speed limits, all those are warnings uh, that we can safely go where we're going and get back safely. Now, if I disregarded all those warnings along the way, what would have happened? Well, I've probably been killed in, in some type of accident if I disregarded all of those warnings. So too man today. If he disregards all of those warnings God has put up in his word, uh, the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. And that's what will happen. It's, it's, it's a sad thing to see in our world today that so many people, like I did for 27 years of life, I was going my own way. I wasn't heeding God's warning that he clearly had in his word. And then it says, but by keeping them, there is great reward. And, you know, you talk to a believer and you hear testimonies, you hear answers to prayer. It's just amazing. And sometimes that's hard to communicate to unbelievers because they just can't, they have a difficult time understanding it. Uh, but, uh, you know, having been a Christian now better than 40 years, and it's just amazing if I would just go through uh, the number of answers, prayers I've seen, God's favor, open doors, real practical uh, answers to prayer in terms of a, a job opening or a financial situation or a relational situation healed. It's just amazing. And, uh, you know, I heard once in uh, London, in Hyde Park, they used to have a platform set up. Anyone that wanted to go up there and give a speech or a debate could just go up there. And a preacher was up there sharing the gospel, this older preacher. And an atheist yelled out from the crowd and he said, he says, when you, you Christians say you see an answer to prayer, that's just a coincidence. And the old preacher says, all I know is the more I pray, the more coincidences I see. And so, again, for unbelievers to understand this, it can be difficult, but God's word is there for them to look at. We hope we're doing that every Saturday uh, as we share God's word. And then, of course, it'll say that same Psalm 19, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from your secret faults. Keep back your servants also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. See, sin will have dominion. If we give way to sin, uh, it, uh, it, it takes dominion. Jesus says, uh, he that sins is a slave to sin. And it starts small, <clears throat> but it often ends up in bondages. And we can see that in so many directions, with alcohol, with drugs, with pornography, with things that are just going on in the world today. It may start small, but like it says here, these sins can have dominion over me. And of course, it's through Jesus who said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. In another place, he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. God wants us to be free. He wants us to be liberated people. He wants us to walk in victory and not be bound with a chain and a ball of sin and sinful habits and all of these things. He wants those to be cut away from our lives. And so again, he goes on in this very same psalm. He says, um, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. And here we say it comes all the way down. He st whoever the psalmist is, and I believe this is uh, David, uh, who wrote Psalm 19, perhaps he was, he was shepherding at the time, we don't know, but he starts out by looking up to the heavens uh, that declare the glory of God. Perhaps he was seeing the sun, the moon, the stars at night. And then it ends up, he's looking at his own heart. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart so it's interesting, you might start out by looking outward, and but it ends up inward. And here's where he's looking at his own heart, and he wants the thoughts of his heart, the intents of his heart to be acceptable in the sight of the Lord. And then he says, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now that's interesting that he'll use the word redeemer, because redeemer comes, of course, the shortened version is redeem, 
and a reme redeem means to purchase back. If you redeem something, you purchase it back from another owner or somebody that seized it. Um, but the redeemer here, uh, to me, is an indicator of Christ, who's going to redeem us through his shed blood. And here, way back here, a thousand years before Jesus came, the psalmist is saying, the Lord my strength and my redeemer. So when you look at the entire psalm, it all points to the word of God, the works of God, and how God uh, wants to affect each one of our lives. And again, uh, if you're not able or, or having difficulty reception on the radio, the number, uh, you go to your uh, computer, it's www.wnzn.org, and um, just go to that, and you can live stream it. I know there's sometimes difficulty uh, in the reception, depending where you are. And so... We've been on the power of the parables, but because this is Labor Day weekend, I wanted to look at a little bit about work and the work that God has given us to do. And right from the beginning, we see God was interested in work because he gives uh, Adam and Eve uh, the responsibility to be caretakers of the garden. Uh, we see that way back in Genesis chapter, chapter 2 and chapter 3. And of course, that's going to change from being what you would call a gardener or a caretaker after sin enters into the human condition, then it gets difficult in the sense man is going to have to scratch out a living. Uh, and then he's going to have to uh, go in that. So all the way through, we see God is interested in work and how man is uh, going to do the work that he's called him to do. And of course, we see that when God initiates a work, for example, uh, when he's going to save Noah and his family, God not only initiates the work, but he gives the blueprint or the pattern for the work. And we'll see the same thing will happen in the tabernacle in the wilderness. He'll initiate it. It wasn't Moses' idea to build the tabernacle. It was God's idea. But he, again, he gives them very specific, highly detailed directions and instructions how to build that tabernacle. When they come into the promised land, so too also with the temple. God gives very detailed directions uh, for Solomon. And now when you come full circle into the into the new testament when jesus says i will build my church that's the start of a building project the greatest building project on this planet ever why because it was initiated by god it's it's continuing to our very day and he wants us to be co-laborers in that project and it's an amazing thing uh, when you step back and look at this but what god has called us to do and particularly uh, on this Labor Day weekend, I think, are we being faithful co-laborers with the Lord? Are we doing the part that he's called us to do? Each one of us, uh, no matter what our background, our age, our profession, uh, we have a part in the work of the Lord. And we're even called, in, in Peter, we're called living stones that God is placing one stone on top of another. Of course, he's the chief foundation stone. But as he places us, we, each one of us are living stones that are dependent and relatable to the person, the brother and sister next to us. So we're going to talk a little about that, but I want to introduce you to somebody this morning, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Uh, uh, this is uh, a man. is a great testimony of how he came to Christ. He's been a coach for many years, and so happy to have you here this morning, Dick. And why don't you uh, just introduce yourself, tell people a little about where you live, and just a little about, before we get into your testimony, uh, where you grew up and how you got interested in what you got interested in. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm Coach Dick Hartzell. I'm the inventor of the jump stretch exercise equipment. And how I got involved in this uh, was 
I, I was, uh, grew up at eight years old, I started kicking and chasing the football. And my goal was to play professional football in the National Football League. So I kicked and chased, kicked and chased. I got real good at it, and my first love was football. And uh, I came a broken leg short of Canadian pro football. I got to play college ball at Youngstown University uh, 12 times. I hit an extra point or a field goal that won a ball game. Uh, I got out of the, uh, I got graduated, got married, and then started teaching and coaching, and I taught and coached for 15 years. So, Dick, um, give everybody your last name, your full name, so I want them to hear Hartzell. It's H-A-R-T-Z-E-L-L. If you look on the Internet under Rubber Band Man, you'll find me. That's interesting. And we're going to talk about this exercise uh, band that Dick has uh, invented and marketed. It's very interesting in simplicity, but also in effectual. uh, It really produces the results. So you were born in, uh, did you, I'm sorry, did you say? I was born in Youngstown, Youngstown Ohio, okay. and then we moved to Tampa, Florida for a couple of years. And uh, my first experience in going to church, yeah. I was all excited about going to church. I was eight years old, and uh, we had goats and rabbits, and my dad said, make sure you water the goats and rabbits before you go to church. Okay. And I was all excited about going to church, and I forgot to water them. Okay. So by the time I come home, they're in trouble. And my dad met me in the corner of the yard and punched me in the stomach, knocked the wind out of me. And I'm laying on the ground, you know, trying to catch my breath. Right. But then I didn't go to church again for another uh, four or five years. We moved back to Ohio. And in 1952, then I started going to church, to Sunday school. And, uh, I, you know, I was in and out of church for... A number of years. So your parents, you weren't brought up in church? No, not at all. Okay. No. My my father never went to church. Uh, he did a lot of drinking and smoking uh-huh. and that sort of thing. And uh, home life was a little tough. And how many brothers and sisters did you have? I have uh, three brothers and a sister. Uh, my sister was killed in a car accident oh, at age 40. I had another brother that passed away a couple years ago. I still have two brothers that live in Florida right now. Okay. So you go up through high school and college, and, and the main sport is, is, or is that your only sport, football? Foot, well, I was a boxer. I was a lightweight champ in a Golden Glove. I know how to fight. And oh, I, I enjoy, my brother was a professional boxer. Okay. And then uh, we got to train at the uh, Federal Street YMCA in Youngstown. Where, Did you ever fight up in Cleveland? Up at the, what's up? Uh, League Park? Uh, uh, Navy Park. No, I only, fought in, I only fought in the Youngstown Golden Gloves. Because I was playing college football at the same time. Okay. So that gave you a love for football. And then did you go into coaching pretty much when you got out? Yes. Right away. I got married and immediately went into coaching. And uh, I spent a lot of time, well, seven days a week. Would you coach? Football. No, but I mean, what position? I well, I was a head football oh, you coach were most of my time. I my first year I was an assistant coach, and then I was a head coach. And from that point on, I was a head coach. Okay, so that at, and you were at the high school level. Yes, Shelby, Greenford, Letonia, Boardman, Struthers, West Branch, and uh, was Boardman where uh, Bernie Kosar was? That Bernie Kosar was there after I was there. Okay, I was there in the first year of the new Boardman High School. Now, in those days, did the did the the students did the players have any kind of spiritual, um, like a chapel or devotional when you were coaching? Do you remember any of that? I know that at that time you hadn't come to Christ. Am I right? I had not come to Christ, but at that time, every day before practice, 
we said the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Now I was not I was not a born again Christian right. at that time. Right. But we did say the Lord's Prayer every day. And the thing the two main things that I told my kids when I when we came in the locker room for the first time, I said, You'll learn a couple things under me. You're gonna learn manners and respect. You're gonna learn yes ma'am, no ma'am, I don't know ma'am, but I'll find out in a hurry. Yes, sir, no, sir, I don't know, sir, but I'll find out in a hurry, and you're going to learn how to work. So if you don't get these two things down, you won't be around when this program's over. Okay. And uh, so discipline is very important to me in teaching and coaching youngsters. Now, I know now there's a lot with uh, uh, InterVarsity and Fellowship of Christian Athletes and those kind of people that would come that come in and speak to a team or do a chapel. Was there anything like that? And what is, give me the frame of years that you're in when you're doing the high school coaching. Okay, this was from 1972 through 78. I was a head coach at uh, West Branch High School. We had a preacher there from the uh, Methodist Church. And he, the, the day of the game, we would come to the church before the game mm -hmm. and have a, a, a church service. And then, uh, I'm sorry, it was the night before the game, we had a church service. And then, again, before the game, then he prayed with us, too. So during that service, I mean, was he actually giving the word of God? Was it, was it, or was it more like, uh, like inspirational? No, he was, he, he was, was really given, given, he was given the word of God. And, okay. Uh, it, to me, it was, you know, I was listening, but I hadn't internalized yet. Okay. Because I know I was in the army, we had chaplains, but... I had to go to chaplain's call, so I wasn't a believer then, but they weren't necessarily kind of explaining salvation. or They, they were inspirational, but they weren't necessarily, you know. Right, yeah, that. that's, okay. the way, that's the way we were. Okay, so then you're, you're in, now uh, we're going to take a break in about 10 minutes, a station break, but um, can you tell me then what happened and, and how did it happen uh, that you would accept Christ into your life and be totally transformed? Okay, I had coached and taught for 15 years. Mm -hmm. My wife's my first love and football was my second love. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I I, just thought about football all the time. And then the Lord had given me the idea about jump stretch, which is rubber band strength training, but he didn't let me go ahead. And mm -hmm. this is what I'm feeling now since I know, you know where I'm at. But uh, I, uh, my wife and I had back and forth to church and that sort of thing. And then I was out of coaching selling cancer insurance. Okay. And one, e one afternoon, I got up to Warren, Ohio. There's a gentleman there named Robert Grayer. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mr., I'll have nothing to do with your cancer insurance, cancers of the devil, and you need Jesus Christ in your life. Mm. Well, I said, time out, dude. I said, <laughs> I, I read the Bible. Uh -huh. I says, you know, a guy in a whale's belly for three days, and I'm supposed to believe that? Mm -hmm. And so... Then he witnessed to me about how he had been a drunk and, you know, all kind of things sure. in his life. Sure. And he came, some ladies took him to church and he came to Christ. While I left his house, I went on Maryland Avenue. There was a lady there named Louise Parks. Mm -hmm. She said, I can't buy your cancer insurance. I have cancer, but I'm going to have a healing in Jesus. And she witnessed to me. Uh -huh. And then I went down to McDonald's to get a cup of coffee to wash the Jesus stuff down. And the girl behind the counter says to me, uh, Mr., are you a Christian? And I just out of the clear blue. Is that right? I said yes with my mouth because I always went to church after we won the game. Sure, sure. You know. What did you do when you lost? Yeah, I didn't no, go I'm to joking. church. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then the next week, 
I'm coming out of Damascus, Ohio, okay. on Route 62, and I was frustrated with where I was. I was not happy in my life because I was out of football, sure. and, and I was crying, and I said, Lord, please let me know you like these other people do. And mm-hmm. I had an experience where Christ came right into my heart on that highway, and uh, I, was, I was born again. So all you said then, Dick, was, Lord, I want... I want to know you like these other. Please let me know you like these other people too. Okay. Please let me know you, and uh, and now it, it, you're really born again. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it it's hard for someone who isn't born again, but then turn your life over, invite Christ in, right. and He will come in. Right, right. If you invite Him in, but you have to invite Him in with your whole heart. Not with part of your heart. Right. We're talking the whole heart. To as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become a child of God. And that's what happened to you there, Dick. Yes. And how old were you at the time? I was 40 years old. So you're 40 years old, and then you go home. How many children did you have at that time? Three children. Three children. So you go home, and you tell your wife? I told my wife, and then she was going through some health issues. She had okay. 12 of the 17 signs of multiple sclerosis, and uh, that... That night we just we laid in bed and we were just crying and we we talked all night long just sure. crying right and then about five o'clock in the morning she turned her life over to Jesus is that right and she doesn't have any multiple sclerosis totally healed total one hundred percent healed praise Jesus wow so that was now how about your children well uh, let's see we have we have two girls and a boy uh-huh. and they all have been baptized into Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wife and I shared with our kids, and and we every day they hear, "I love you." Mm. I, you know, my dad couldn't say that. Uh. He, he he, one time in my whole life, he said, "I love you." I forced him to say it. One time he said it. My wife hears that every time we hang up the "I love you." Yeah, yeah. And my children hear that. My son's a truck driver. Okay. He, I love you, man. They're gonna hear it every time. Yeah, right. I want right. to get God's love out. Yeah, that's good. Good Just let them know how much I love them. Yeah, that's great. Well, Dick, we're going to take a break here in a a second. And uh, I want to come back to this and and, and talk again. And, you know, it's Labor Day weekend, and I opened by looking at the works of the Lord, first in creation, but then how he gave us work to do. We're co-laborers with Christ, it says in 1 Corinthians 3. And I want to get into how you've been laboring uh, both spiritually, but also God has given you creative ideas and entrepreneurship and talk a little about that and how that's affected your spiritual life, but also your physical life and your sense of joy and well-being. Uh, so we're going to come back in a bit. Anyone wants to uh, uh, live stream us again, this is www.wnzn. Uh, uh, just feel free to give us a call uh, here. And we uh, have special guests uh, actually uh, not only today, but next week we have a very interesting guest. This man is a Christian. His name is Dr. Sang, and he's a psychiatrist. And he's going to talk about bondages and breaking bondages. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I find it interesting. We all bring our different gifts. And, and again, like I said before, age, profession, career, background doesn't matter. When you come to Christ, you're a new creature in Christ, and he's gifted us to do some type of work in the field that he's called us into. So thank you, Dick. And we're going to come back on the flip side. Good morning, this is John Murtha with Power 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio on this Labor Day weekend. We have a very special guest with us this morning, Dick Hartzell, 
uh, actually coached in uh, high school level and then at college. Uh, many, uh, but what he's done of late, I mean, we just heard his testimony, at least part of his testimony, how he came to Christ actually on Route 62, coming out of Damascus of all places. You know, <laughs> he's like the apostle from Saul to Paul. And so we're going to get into what his life's been like since then. Uh, and again, if you want to give us a phone call here, maybe you have a question for the coach. Our phone number here is 440-399-3044. That's 399-3044. And uh, do you like to be called coach or dick? or what Coach do you is fine. Coach, I know, once a coach, always a always coach. Always a That's coach. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, Coach, uh, we heard about how you came to Christ, and your life just flipped right side up, upside down, whatever it is, and then your wife comes to Christ, gets this miraculous healing, and then your children, and then what happens then? You're 40 years old, unwrap that, what happens since Christ? The Lord had given me the idea about the rubber band strength training. I had While I was coach at West Branch, I had my kids doing barbell squats with a, 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 a towel wrapped around it so they could explode up to improve their strength and vertical jump. Mm -hmm. Well, a young man hurt his back. Another one hurt his neck. Another one hurt his knee. And I asked a question. I said, why couldn't this be done on some kind of a rubber product? The answer came right back, jump stretch. Okay, at that split second, jump stretch existed no place in the world other than in my head. Mm -hmm. So there's three signs of old age. One's loss of memory, and I forgot the other two. Right. But uh, what I did was I wrote on a piece of paper, develop jump stretch. Okay, now, the Lord gave me the idea. Okay, now I'm out of the coaching business. And one day I come home and I just told my wife, I said, I'm going to develop this jump stretch idea that the Lord gave me while I was teaching and coaching. And it takes $6 million to go from zero to the world marketplace and I didn't quite save that up as a teacher coach. Mm -hmm. However, I mortgaged the home. I put in the teacher's retirement. Uh, I, I put everything I had on the line and got the thing started. Well, then I ran out of money. So I went, I started calling companies all over the country. To, I'm fairly persistent. 250 companies. On the 251st, I got Diversified Products, Opelika, Alabama. They say, y'all, come on down. I go to Alabama. They start marketing my products. Uh -huh. And then after two years, they said, well, this is not a marketable program or product. So at that point in time, I lost my home. Teacher's retirement, 100% broke. Came back to Ohio, started over, built it up, tied in with uh, the Farmore Group, the Farmore Drug Stores in there. They were working with me and then they made me strength coach in the world basketball league with the youngstown pride and i really got the business built up good and going again well then the owner there went to prison for keeping two sets of books i lost my backing again i started over again i got the business built up to 2011 i did a million five in 2012 my main supplier started selling to my distributors and cut my throat as far as supply goes well then i lost my gym my home bankrupt and uh, you know I, I have a philosophy i want to honor god with what i do i want to help as many people as i can mm -hmm. and I, I will never quit so i'm i'm fighting back now 
and I got the business going again. It's not going like it did before because now it's on uh, uh, Amazon selling okay. bands and it's in different magazines where people are selling bands and I get nothing for it. So so coaching stops. You get this uh, idea for this rubber exercise stretch band and you start marketing and producing it and then your partner kind of cuts you out you had to recover. So all of this time, how do you see God leading you through that, Coach? I mean, what's going on in terms of how you're praying, what you're seeing? Well, at the time that, that, that I got it going, I was traveling all over the country. I was going into the colleges and the pros and everywhere selling the bands. And I went as far as Johannesburg, South Africa to market the bands and I learned all different kind of strength training techniques. I could improve vertical jump one to 10 inches in six weeks, which is a big deal for basketball players. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I got the thing going good However, then when that happened to me, uh, I still have to praise God. What, no matter what comes down the pike, I'm going to praise God. Right. Uh, I, I, two years, three years ago, I had what I thought was a tumor in the head. Mm -hmm. I had a sharp shooting pain down through my head. It was for six months. So I went to a gentleman, Mr. Stan Watson. He was a superintendent at the Liberty Schools. Mm -hmm. He had had a tumor and had it removed in the Cleveland Clinic. So I got the doctor's name, phone number. The next Sunday, I'm standing in church praying. A lady comes up, talks about pain she had in her head. And my pain came down the side of my head and out my mouth and gone forever. Mm. I mean, I never had any surgery. I, I've seen, we as a family, we've seen a number of miracles. Mm -hmm. My daughter had a tumor. It was... It was removed and no cancer and praise God, you know. Praise we, the Lord. Now, now, do you? How about fasting? Do you do fasting and praying all? Of I have done prayer and fasting. I have gone as many as twenty days without a bite of food. Mm -hmm. uh, one, t in fact, one time uh, I, I needed I needed the money to, to get the, the jump stretch started back up again. Right. So I I prayed and fasted for ten days, mm -hmm. and I ate, and the Lord said. Uh, you need some more time. So I prayed and fasted. Uh -huh. I prayed and fasted for nine more days. Uh -huh. And then on the 23rd day, the Mahoning Valley Development gave me the money I needed to buy the gym. I Is mean, that right? Oh, yeah. And so you said that was a, a, you sought the Lord through prayer and fasting, and that was what, 10 days? I was, I was 10 days, and then I ate one day, and then nine more days of fasting. And then I got the money that I needed to go. You know, we're going to have a special program on here, Coach, because um, uh, a lot of the people I know, different over the years, and I served in Southeast Asia as a missionary in Thailand for quite a few years, we've seen the power of prayer and fasting. And when you look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, there will be three things here Jesus said, if a believer will do in secret, God will see in secret and reward that person openly. And one is prayer, which says when you pray, go into your closet, shut the door, God sees you. And he'll reward you openly. The second is giving or charitable giving. He says, don't let your left hand know what the right hand's giving. Your father sees in secret. He'll reward you. But the other is fasting. And I think this is a practice or a discipline. It's not widely known or practiced in the, in the church today in many ways. But we've seen tremendous breakthroughs, just like what you just described. Now, I caution people on fasting because you know, everybody's uh, different. But a meal or a day, and when you really focus and uh, take it to the Lord, 
Uh, it says in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, that he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that will diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. And we see that used here where Jesus talked about diligently seeking God through giving, through prayer, through fasting. Right. And then, you know, what's the great commandment? Mm -hmm. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Mm -hmm. And I give you a second commandment. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And in these two hang all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. Every time I see someone that I can help, I'm going to try to help them. And I come out of the parking lot in the giant eagle parking lot and I see someone in a handicap there. Well, I'll take that buggy for you. I want, I want to open the door for someone. I want, I I want to encourage someone. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Uh, you know, God bless you. I'm, I use that all the time. God bless you. Yeah, well, that's. I like that what, better than when people say good luck. I don't like when people say good luck mm -hmm. because what's luck is just the random occurrence of a chance. But to say God bless you to somebody, that's powerful. You know, to say God bless you. God bless you, uh, you know, uh, as you go forth. Now, um, I want to ask you a question. You are 77 now, you told me. Yes, sir. Okay, and you're in good health. I'm in excellent health. Yes, you, sir. You, you exercise, you run. Tell us a little about that and how you combine that with your, your physical and your spiritual life together. Well, when I, when I get up in the morning, I go to the bathroom first, mm -hmm. and then I start stretching. Mm -hmm. I got rubber bands hooked up, and I stretch my shoulders, loosen up, turn, stretch, and move. And uh, I do that every day. And I, I try to, four or five days out of the week, I do rubber band squats. Mm -hmm. I put on 175 pounds. I do 30, 40 reps. And, uh, I, but I, I don't miss a day on the stretching because I don't want to get into this old age category where you have everybody has pain with this, right. pain with that. Right, right. The more you stretch with a rubber band, mm. the less pain you will have. I don't have any pain. And again, I'm 77. I put them rubber bands on there. I can squat 500 pounds. I run one to five miles, three to six days a week in a culvert with hunting boots on. And, and I run a year round. I don't, it's not part time. I've been running since 1952. So do you find the stretching, what the resistant, what the bands better than weights? Where Much people, better. Because? If I, well, because you get strength and flexibility at the same time. Uh, when I worked in the World Basketball League, I, I changed the guys' vertical jumps and their lateral movement. Three guys, Tim Legley, John Starks, and Mario Ely, went on to the NBA. Mario Ely has three NBA rings. And we, what did you help him with specifically? Flexibility, foot quickness, and lateral movement. That's what I change. You, know, and, uh, you need to develop groin strength is so important, and the weights don't develop that. Uh, I'll, I'll go in the NFL. I tell them, I'll give you $1,000 and all your equipment's free. If you got anybody can outlift me on abduction, adduction, and they can't. I've been doing it for... Who have you worked with in the NFL? Well, I, I was up with the, the Browns, uh, the Steelers. The Steelers still buy bands for me right now. And do, have, when you sell a band, like let's say you do it to the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Browns or a high school team, do you then go on... In there and give a, a seminar or yeah, I do of... seminars all the time. I come around to the schools and do seminars, show them what to do, and then they get uh, DVDs. We have the DVDs that will help them out because it's tough to pick all that up in in one session. Ankles, sprained ankles today. Okay. This is a big deal. Uh, in the World Basketball League, we had zero downtime from sprained ankles because we did the ankle work with the rubber band every day. And when someone sprains ankle, ice should never be an option. It shouldn't even be a consideration. 
but the medical market is 100% wrong putting ice on these people. I compress some traction them, and they're up and running in 20 minutes. I see. Uh, before we go further, uh, Coach, do you have contact information you can give out to our listeners if they want to get in touch with you? My, I'll give what, you my cell phone. Is, is that okay? That's fine. People call? Okay. Coach, why don't you give your this – this is Dick Hardsell, and uh, if you have any questions, uh, you just give him a call. 330-559-4395. Call any time, night or day. Leave a message, and uh, I'll come back to you. One more time. 330-559-4395. Okay, we're with Coach Hartzell today, and it's very interesting to hear about his background in coaching – some of the championships he's won, the lives he's touched, but especially how he came to Christ at age 40. And uh, maybe you have a question for him. You might want to ask him, just give us a call here. We're at 440-399-3044. And, um, you know, it's very interesting when you think about the, the emphasis, this this whole thing in, in exercise today where people really are, are thinking, well, how can I stay fit? And there's so much being put into long life and life extension. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find it interesting that you can combine this. And I think when you have these opportunities to talk about physical health and well-being, you can share your testimony or what Christ has done for you. You know, the spiritual power, the physical power. Yes, we do. When I'm doing seminars, I'm going to put the Lord into my seminars because, you know, if you don't have Christ, you don't have anything. Right. You need Jesus Christ in your life. And that's what Robert Grayer said to me. He said, Mr. He said, you need Jesus Christ in your life. And I'm telling you, whoever's listening, you need Jesus Christ in your life, and you have to invite him in. He's not coming in. You have to invite right. him in and bring him in. Right. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Right. So if we're going to go, there is eternity, and we're going to answer one way or the other. And the deal is invite Christ in. And be born again. Right. Pay me now or pay me later. Yes. And of course, pay me now. Jesus took our payment on the cross. Uh, you know, we, we really urge our, our listenership. Maybe somebody out there is, is curious or never even thought about the claims of Christ before. I mean, really, I didn't come to Christ really and in, in, in born again until I was age 27. Although I went to church and my parents did the best they could with me. But to understand the simplicity of the gospel, like you say, it's to as many as received him. Or on the day of Pentecost, after Peter's great sermon, the people say, what must I do? To and he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But that's with the, with the heart. It's a fully committed person to say, I'm all in. And I want Jesus to take control of my life, which is obvious has happened in your life, Coach. So where do you see yourself going forward now? You're 77. You're getting the uh, exercise uh, strap going again. Did you have to repatent that to get control of that again? My patent expired, so I... I, I don't have any rights to the patent. Uh, I, I don't have a patent on it. I'm, I'm just out marketing bands, just like other people are out marketing bands right now. So you can do that? I mean, there's no infringement or overlap? How does that work? In the no, there's no one infringing on anyone because uh, originally I could not get a patent on the rubber bands. I got a patent on a squat board, bands, and a adhesive belt, which hooks the bands together. And that's what I was able to get the patent on. The patent was good for 15 years. Oh, you didn't have to be renewed. 
Yeah, it has to be renewed. I didn't have the money to renew it. Do you know if anybody is, is going after that? Not now. No, they're 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 just taking the bands. It's they're taking the on idea. Amazon. They're selling bands like mad on Amazon. Yeah, I've got one at, at the house. I use when I travel, especially. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, Coach. Um, so now you're active in church. Uh, do you do you, when you when you teach? Do you use any particular scriptures with the uh, physical application and physical education that you do? Tell me how that works in your everyday life. Well, the thing that I do every single day is I use the Lord's Prayer a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I say the Lord's Prayer throughout the course of the day. I use the 23rd Psalm. I'm traveling down the highway, and I'm talking to God. I mean, I'm, I'm on the road a lot. I, I drove to Chicago just a couple of weeks ago. I'm in Cleveland. I'm in Pittsburgh. I, you know, New Philadelphia. I'm going all over. Sure. Well, I'm going to praise the Lord while I'm traveling. And I think if I don't, that's the only thing I know. I got to praise God around the clock. Okay. I'm, I'm praising Jesus morning, noon, and night as I travel. That's great. Yeah, I mean, God, it says in the Word of God, God inhabits the praises of His people. And uh, that, 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 that's something very powerful when praise actually becomes a uh, part of our everyday life. We don't just praise the Lord when we go to church or somewhere, but it, it becomes a habit. Or you're just praising the good. Uh, it's seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day. I'm. I want to praise the Lord all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter no matter where, I'm going to praise God. I'm praising. I thank you, Lord, uh, for travel mercies. I mean, I travel a lot, and I'm safe, and I thank God for that. I thank Him. I thank Him for everything. So, I, when you travel, are you putting on seminars? What are you doing when you do? Yeah, this I do travel? seminar. I do uh, fitness seminars where uh -huh. I come in. I show people how to stretch. Uh, and, and do the strength training. And then I do a lot of rehab stuff, sprained ankles, uh, knee injuries, patella tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. I just got a call in Cleveland. A doctor up in Cleveland had uh, turf toe. Well, turf toe lasts for quite a while. Uh, it takes me about 20 minutes to get rid of turf toe. That's all it is. But how, how, do you do, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, you use using stretching or what? I don't know. Life is in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11. God said life's in the blood. Right. Okay. So the more blood you put into an injury, then the faster it's going to heal. Uh, when you're injured, your, your brain says, yo, we got a problem. Sure. White blood cells come down to the area to heal up the area. Well, what happens? The medical market tells you put ice on it. Well, when you put ice on it, you're killing the white blood cells. They form ligaments and tendons. On the ligaments and tendons, you got other problems there. So what I do is I immediately, like on a sprained ankle, I compress, wrap, and squeeze, and then start tractioning, moving, and weight loading immediately. I, I've had kids come into me on crutches and play a basketball game the same night with traction and compression on a sprained ankle. I never, ever use ice. It's always compression, traction, and you're up and going right away. You don't have to have all that downtime. So what was it in sports? First ice, then heat? Is that the, was that the regime? ice and then heat, yeah. yes. Okay, very interesting. Do you have videos available, did you say? I have DVDs available, yes. And how would people get a hold of those DVDs? All they have to do is give me a call there. They can go on... Uh, www.flexpnt.com that's a, a website www.flex f-l-e-x x-p-n-t.com p-n-t.com mm -hmm. and they can find more about this because I'm thinking there might be people that are interested in the exercise part but maybe they've had chronic knee or ankle 
you know, everybody plays almost any sport today gets dinged up and they're 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 you know limping or they're yeah. rapping to try to get back in the game. But if you could show uh, some of this in a seminar or something, I find that would be interesting. Well, my right knee has had the cartilage surgery. The quad is split in half. I run. It's not hooked up. The part of my the center of my quad is not hooked up. I don't have any trouble with the knee because if I get I have a little bit of arthritis, I wrap it, squeeze it, and get rid of it. It's just like arthritis in the thumb. I have it right there in my uh-huh. thumb. Okay, what do I do? Well, when Arthur comes to visit me, I wrap, squeeze, and he's gone like in three or four minutes. It's it's everything. Life is in the blood. Leviticus right. seventeen eleven. Don't forget that when it's in the blood. Don't be. You don't want to be shutting off the blood. You can slow it down with compression, and then you want to get it going as fast as possible. And that's the healing. So slow it down, and then you, it, that causes more blood to want to enter into that area. It clears up the area. I I, I do it on ankles all the time. Okay. I, I'll take guys. Uh, if you look at uh, Ted Ginn, Josh Cribbs, Marvell Smith, well, and John Simon. John Simon played on TV the other night with. Uh, He's with the Indianapolis Colts. Did you work with Ted Ginn uh, Jr.? Ted, I rehabbed Ted Ginn Jr. when he was hurt at Ohio State. In that championship game? Yeah. He, yeah. When I he got that. hurt in the championship game, he zone. was down for, I think, 80 days. Yeah. He couldn't do anything. He was getting ready for the NFL draft, and right. he couldn't run. So he he brought me to Columbus. How did he know about you? Some uh, Somebody told him about me. So okay. I, I went to Columbus. Right. And... No, first I went to Cleveland. Yeah, I went to Cleveland, we, where he was in Cleveland. At right, that his time. dad lives there. Right. Okay, so I rehabbed him at about an, it took that one took about an hour, but he was able to run that day, the first time I saw him. He hadn't run for eighty days. He saw me and he ran, and then three or four days later, he ran a four two or four three forty for the NFL, and he would not have run for the NFL had he not have seen me. Do you, do you get anybody that gives testimonies to this? I mean, would they ever put stuff like that in writing? I mean, if you get something from Ted Ginn Jr. or somebody that said, this thing got me back on the field within a day, I mean, that's... You know, that's that's an interesting point because Ted Ginn, Josh Cribbs, Marvell Smith, those... See, Marvell Smith, he had a high ankle sprain, uh-huh. okay? I went, I saw him Sunday night, Monday morning, he played Saturday night against the Colts. Those guys have not tried to help me one, one iota. But, I mean, would you ask them for an endorsement? I've asked them. I haven't received anything. Huh. I'm so just curious. It, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, John Simon John Simon came to me as a fourth grader, and I trained him all because I had a gym in Youngstown. I trained him all the way through high school at Cardinal Mooney when he graduated and at Ohio State. His... Final year at Ohio State, he was captain of the football team. Now he's in the NFL. He was sitting in my garage the night before the state championship game because he had a sprained ankle. He couldn't run. And I rehabbed him right there. That's John Simon. He's yeah. playing in the yeah. NFL Interesting, right interesting process. Well, once again, we're here this morning uh, talking with Coach Dick Hartzell. Um, he's coached a lot of teams out Youngstown way, has a lot of involvement in college as well as the uh, – professional sport level, particularly now with his avocation and his skill set in uh, stretch bands, these rubber bands that uh, he used for stretching and, uh, and strengthening, but also is uh, help people with injuries. And uh, his number, if you want to get a hold of Coach, it's 330-559-4395. That's 
1-800-259-4395. And you can go to his uh, website, www.flex, F-L-E-X-P-N-T. That's pnt.com. So now looking back on your life, is, is there any key scriptures or any scriptures that really like a life verse or anything that's really meant a lot to you? We're going to be wrapping it up here in just a couple minutes here, Coach. I'm just curious. I think a lot about Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and mm. life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Right. And then I use the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm every day. Uh, anywhere from 10, 15, 20 times during the course of the day. Uh, when I put my head on a pillow at night, you know, I'm, I pray for my family. I thank God for my wife. We just celebrated 53 years well, of marriage. congratulations. And she's yeah. still my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we've had, we have our three children and six grandchildren. And, uh, you know, I, I'm praying all the time for the family. And, and I thank God. I thank God every day for health because there's a lot of people in wheelchairs right. and have different problems, health issues, and uh, I'm able to run and do whatever I want to do, and I, I just praise God for that. I thank him every, every single time I'm out running. I look at my hands and I say, thank you, Lord, my hands work. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, my heart's good. Thank you, Lord, I praise you, I love you, Jesus, thank you. Well, that, that's great. I mean, you, your story is great. We hope to have you up speaking to the men's group in the near future, uh, Coach. Idiella, thank you again for uh, being the technician here this morning, taking time out and coming here. And coach, we're going to close. Maybe there's somebody out there that 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 is doesn't know the Lord yet, or, or you know is, is is doubting or has fears. Maybe you could close us uh, with the Lord's prayer because that's your prayer you open up every day with, and we'll close the show off with that. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. praise God. And amen. God bless you. Thank you, Coach. And uh, this is John Murther. We're signing off on Power 89.1 FM Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, with a special guest uh, next week. God, God bless all of you. Thank you for listening.